Right back in now for the Leafs. Here's a chance for Kemp and a goal. He scores! David Kemp! And out come the Predators with Evangelista. Nailed there by McCabe. Oh, what a hit that was. Jake McCabe stands up his man. Nylander's got Matthews closing in. Scores! How do you do? That was not on Matthews' stick for a second, and it was thrilled between the legs of the Nashville goaltender for a 3-0 lead. Ilya Samsonov in line for his 11th career shutout. And it will tick down and the horn will go. Yeah, all right, Leafs play the game, who cares? Uh, even, even I, let me talk to my brethren for two seconds. We'll get to it, guys, okay? <laughs> I enjoyed Saturday night as well. Bigger fish to fry this morning. Good morning. Yeah. That's Ben Ennis. I'm Brent Gunning. I'll let you start the show now. I aged a lifetime over the weekend. You're so, already so old. Yeah, I know. I, I somehow got older. Uh, so we left this studio on Friday, both uh, in physical shambles. We're both dealing with illnesses. That's right. I went home and I was like, oh, there's no way I'm not going right to bed mm -hmm. for like four straight hours. You did threaten all of us with that. Uh, I couldn't sleep. No, I got at all. I couldn't sleep a wink. Because I was glued to my phone like everybody else was. Uh, today's going to be kind of a day of catharsis for everybody. We'll keep mm -hmm. the, the the text line open at 590-590. So hit us up with uh, your thoughts, your belief, your emotional uh, roller coaster ride. Uh, I imagine it was like mine. It was like yours, Brent. It was mm -hmm. like everybody in the city of Toronto. It, it was more than a sports story over the weekend, what happened between Shohei Otani and the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, there's a lot to be said. I, I thought maybe we would start this chronologically. Sure. But, like, how did, how did you first experience Friday, and then we can talk about Saturday? Okay, so just trying to, trying to remember everything that, that happened. You Let's just, before the show even starts on Friday, yes. you're, I can't remember if you DM'd us, if you texted us. Somebody or... hit me up before the show yeah. on Friday in my replies, and it was in the... Spirit of good fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the way I quote tweeted it. For sure. Hey, look at this flight that's scheduled to leave Anaheim yep. around 9 a.m. Pacific time. Yep. Headed to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? That was very weird. And I was like, ha, that's fun. Hey, I'll 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 find the the genesis of this tweet and yeah, I'll yeah. quote tweet that, and that'll be something that we can kind of refer to later on. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't think I was patient zero in in identifying this flight again because somebody sent it to me. Yeah. But that started in motion a cascading series of events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. I mean, then you get, you know, like we'll just we'll say it. Then we get the Morosi tweet late in the show. Well, hold on. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. So the Morosi tweet that it's going to be, be resolved today. Yeah, maybe that was it's imminent. It was imminent. That's right. And then, so you and I, we're doing the show. We're doing that. There's the there's the opera singer with Kakuchi restaurant stuff going around as well. That was after the show, I believe. Yeah. That was like, I feel like I caught that as I was getting home. The whirlwind of all that, I was feeling hopeful. You and I both did the thing that we did at the end of every show for the last seemingly, I don't know if it was two weeks or three years where we were on Otani Watch here where, all right, how you feeling today versus mm -hmm. yesterday? I felt hopeful. I thought he was signing here on Friday when we got off the air. I really did. Brent, 
not only did I feel hopeful, like I, I thought the cat was in the bag. So, I'll, yeah, again. Okay, so track the flight. It's all fun and games. By the end of the show on Friday, we're like, holy cow, like what what is what is going on today? But nobody like over their skis about it, right? So, sorry, just I have the Morosi tweet that I was referencing in front of me. I'll read it now. Shohei Otani's decision in, is imminent possibly as early today. So that is early mm-hmm. Friday morning, roughly 8.30-ish. Right, so we're on high alert that yep. something might be happening. And then there's the flight thing. But the flight thing is just like a fun little uh, little sideshow story. Yep. The opera singer is like, it's a fun That's little hilarious. thing to talk about as Throw well. Throw in the Kikuchi wife of it all, right. which again, we don't know. Yeah, and and maybe Yusei Kikuchi did in fact have dinner yeah. uh, Friday night for 50 people right. at a sushi restaurant yeah. in Toronto. It wouldn't, did not include Shoei Otani. Wouldn't be crazy, right? Um, and then things start to get real when, okay, the order of events are, are J.P. Hornstra, yes. Dodgers Nation writer, tweets it's over. That Shohei Otani has made his decision and he's chosen the Toronto Blue Jays. You're thinking, what? Which got a lot of attention, but rightly everybody was still on guard because who's J.P. Hornstra? Well, it turns out he's actually somebody with reasonable bona fides. It yep. was doing some texting around, and yeah, people came back with the same thing. It's like, this guy's not just some fly-by-night person. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's an accredited journalist who's been embedded with the Los Angeles Dodgers for a while, yep. if he's got a report based on sources, you can take it to the bank that this is not somebody making something out of whole cloth. Okay, it's getting more real at that point. Totally. But the thing that changes everything, and it, it, it's a sensitive area, especially around these parts, because he's such a part of our baseball coverage sure. here. But it, we cannot talk Has about this mentioned. story without mentioning the John Morosi tweet that Shohei Otani is en route to Toronto. Yep. Does not follow that up with, hey, it's done. Yep. But he says all that needs to be said to put this city into a frenzy. If he's en route to Toronto, mm-hmm. it's reasonable to believe that he's on that flight that we've been tracking right. since before we came on the air at 6 o'clock in the morning right. on Friday. If he's en route to Toronto... It's to do one thing and one thing only. It's sign a contract yep. with the Toronto Blue Jays. That one tweet yep. was responsible for everybody's expectations going from, all right, this is cool, like 50-50. It's still fun. Like, who yep. knows? Dodgers still the favorites. That one tweet took it from, like, maybe you were 50% mm-hmm. of the belief that the Blue Jays were going to sign Choi Otani to, I'll just speak personally, yeah. I was well over 90% that Shohei Otani was going to be a Blue Jay. And I, I left my yeah, yeah. tweet up there that you, you can have. bring your your guard down. Again, God, like, I I'm... cringe looking at that this morning. I'm doing texting. I'm talking to people. I'm seeing all the information mm-hmm. you're seeing as well. I, my guard was down. I was in full-on celebration mode. And then we can talk about what happened after that. Yeah, the, the just to kind of put a bow on it from my perspective there, all that other stuff we talked about is, you know, it's some kindling. Maybe there's some bigger logs on the fire. But once you get the he's en route to Toronto, it's like that was what kind of set everything off. Just for my perception, just to kind of pull back the curtain of where I was, we had an open house in my kids' daycare. So I'm trying to keep up with <laughs> oh this God. while, like, I'm decorating Christmas cookies. And I'm like, what is going on? But then... You, this is the best part about being a sports fan in 2023. It's like I just look around the room and see all the other dads, and it's what's going on with them? Oh, buddy! Like it was a it was a Tinder uh, in there. Like it was it was electric. So then we get that the night continues to because that's the other part of this, right? Is that you know we believed he was on his way here, but 
If he wasn't, which he ended up not being, it's like still hours behind all of this, right? When you and I were having these conversations, it was 5.45 in the morning and everything we know about Shohei, he was still sleeping when we were having these conversations on on Friday. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the Morosi tweet, it, it takes it to another direction. People are are rightly, like, you know, Blair and Barker are coming on, on a, in an emergency show fashion on Sportsnet. Cut Sportsnet. my beloved Dot Kipper and Bourne, rightfully so. Um, people are talking in terms about it being a done deal, like where this ranks in all-time sporting transactions in Canadian history and it being at the time, like making valid comparisons to Gretzky to the yep. Kings, like... That, that's where we're at as, as a country type moment. Yeah. It's it's a story that so clearly breaks through sporting barriers that it becomes a cultural moment. I, I had multiple people texting me about being on the line with Blue Jays um, season ticket, uh, having their request in for Blue Jays season tickets for next season. I was talking. I was I was talking to my wife about how am I going to get my kid an Otani jersey under the tree. Yeah. And then we get, I think Bob Nightingale was the first to tweet out, hey, uh, guys, yeah, settle down. Shohei Otani, not, in fact, en route to Toronto. In fact, he's in California. But they, he's the only one out there with that report initially. Mm-hmm. And he's had, all these guys have had their moments where they've had spotty track records. So I'm like, I'm not 100% convinced. Yep. And then it's followed up by a multitude of different reporters, including our very own Ben Nicholson-Smith, who says, yes, no, it has been confirmed now that Shohei Otani is not en route to Toronto. He's still in California, has yet to make up his mind, which is, okay, there's a huge amount of air being let out the balloon, but I'll, I'll tell you how I felt after the events of Friday. One, it was like as disappointing as the ending was. Sure. It was fun as hell. Like, yeah. it was really, it really, really was fun to have a communal experience online with people who were going through the same range of emotions, trying to understand where we were headed, thinking that we were all going to be part of some giant celebration. But even after it was revealed that Choi Otani was not in Toronto mm-hmm. or en route to Toronto on Friday, still felt in the same place that we were going into Friday that there was a, a pretty good chance he was going to be a Toronto Blue Jay. Okay, I gotta, I gotta push back there. For me personally, and this is there's, there's no reason why it should have felt this way. But once it was actually he's not here, I thought, ooh, <laughs> that's that. And I don't know if okay. it was the secrecy element of it all. Maybe that's that, a common I, I just gotta, sentiment. Yeah, I just got to throw that out there because I think there are a lot of people who did enjoy the ride of it all and everything. But I think there were probably a lot of people who once the he's coming was refuted. They said, oh, okay, that's probably that. Whether it be the secrecy, whether there's no way the Jays are, there's no way I'm going to get to read that good news twice. There's mm-hmm. no way that would come to fruition. Maybe that's just the way I view the world. I don't know, but I no, had to get that perspective. You know there. what? And that might have been the prevailing sentiment. I just know for me, and I talked to many people, including, you know, some some of the dads uh, on uh, my, my five-year-old's hockey team. Oh. Saturday morning, the old seven o'clock practice Saturday morning. Nothing like it. Love it. Live for it. Uh, who are asking me how I felt? And I said, "I, I listen." I, I said, "I'm you must ready be, to put my guard down." You and must my, be the baseball messiah of that dad group. It, yeah, I guess um, my guard was still down on Saturday. I felt good about it, and then felt better about it when JP Hornstra doubled down. Yeah, Saturday morning said, "Hey, I, I know you guys are looking side eyed at my report. Mm-hmm. As of this point, it has not been discredited." 
This is the way free agency works is there's agreements and there's a long process after the agreement is made before something is completed. Still felt good about it. And then we get the Instagram post. It's all over. And then, and then it's, and then it's, it's nothing but, but absolute despair Mm -hmm. and, and reevaluating what just transpired over the, the past 24 hours plus. It was unbelievable. It was, it was heartbreaking. It was exhilarating. And yeah, we'll move on. It now becomes a baseball story, but for yeah, a, a 24 hours at least, it was it was beyond that. It was it was a news story. It was a cultural story for this country and this city. Yeah, we gotta we gotta stop tracking planes, though. No, or, we don't. No, why? Well, because he, here's the problem: scoreboard. You're one and two. If there's examples of this that I'm forgetting, please let me know. But the three that come to mind are Shohei, Kawhi Leonard, and Mike Babcock. So the one they won was Babs, and, you know, we all know how that's turned out uh, in the game of hockey since, and it's like, was that the right hire at the time? I don't have an issue with it, but I'm just saying, when that is the, like, holy grail that you can hold up of we got our man of plane tracking, I'm just saying might not be the best omen. Either you miss out on the guy or maybe you didn't want to land him. So just, I, I, I feel like that has to be thrown out there. The other part of this that, that I think needs to be talked about is the stuff coming out afterwards. Once we know he signs, the idea of... Dodgers having, you know, the final crack at this year. I don't know. I don't know how many, like, there's so many different tentacles of this. I don't know where, where you kind of want to okay. go next. Here's what I want to, yeah, please. Here's where I want to go. What happened? What do we think happened? Um, Did Dave Roberts ever even matter for one second? Well, what, I, that I feel confident thought? in no, saying no, of that n- no, it didn't. Uh, it was unlikely to matter at the time. Who sent it was, the text? Someone was, from the Dodgers, right? It was fun. It was fun to, to pontificate about that uh, in the moment, but yeah, pretty clearly that was silly uh, and and had no impact on the final decision. Here's my guess as to what happened. And we'll talk to Ben Nicholson-Smith after 8 o'clock, who's been all over this thing and has a, another report on sportsnet.ca late last night. Uh, Blue Jays were very much in the ballpark financially. 10 years, $700 million. Remember it was quaint when, when the report was... Uh, yeah. Oh, it could be pushing 600, 700 million. They, they, the Dodgers just threw another hundred million dollars onto the pile here. Money fight. Have it. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be paying it out over the next hundred years, I guess, but whatever. 700 million is Shoya Otani will be getting 700 million dollars from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. Here's my guess as to what happened. The Dodgers. He, no, this part is not a, like a guess. This is a, okay. a fact. The Dodgers always made the most sense, right? Yep. That's why they were favored. They're a team, like, you can't argue uh, with the track record of success between the two teams over the last half decade, decade. Nope. The Dodgers have factually won a World Series. The Dodgers routinely win 100 games. The Dodgers Mm -hmm. have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Like, you want to win? Dodgers are the team. Mm -hmm. Also, the Dodgers have seemingly uh, bottomless pockets. We've seen that before. And also, they play in the same state in which Shohei Otani has spent his entire North American professional career. It always made sense. Here's my guess, is that Shohei Otani always intended to be a Dodger or always gave them the benefit of the doubt that they would uh, be the eventual landing spot for him. So he had the, the Dodgers doing everything they could financially. The number was not what he and his representatives wanted. They thought they could push them a little further financially. They 
perhaps we're not responsible for the social media ramp up on Friday, but once it started to occur, they weren't going to tamp it down. They were more than happy to see the Dodgers think that they were not the ultimate landing spot for Shohei Otani. You know how I know that? Because Tom Verducci in his piece said, quote, on Friday, reports broke that Otani's signing was imminent and that he was headed to Toronto to sign with the Blue Jays. The report was completely erroneous. The Dodgers didn't know that. They held meetings Friday night with an air of worry. The rumors were likely false, they decided, but they still created angst among the Los Angeles executives. Quote, you just don't know, says one of the Dodgers executives when asked about the Friday night meeting. Quote, that's the best way to describe it. We just didn't know. It was not a comfortable feeling. End quote. Here's what I think happened. Okay. Blue Jays were right there and maybe even... I don't know if they had a verbal commitment from Shohei Otani, mm. but gave them an indication that, yeah, that's a that's a pretty sizable offer and one that I might consider. Mm-hmm. The hope was what happened in reality, that the Dodgers would believe that the Blue Jays were legit, that they had an offer comparable financially to the Dodgers, that they would have to go above and beyond what their offer was, that Shohei Otani always believed that the Dodgers would have one last kick at the can. And then when they came over the top with 10 years and $700 million, it was fait accompli. Uh, everybody was happy except anybody that's a sports fan here in the city of Toronto. Yeah, just 30-some-odd million people. Uh, forget Toronto, just the country, right? Yeah, who cares about about them? But you're, you're right. I think that is pretty obvious that that's what, what played out here. The thing that I think is where, and this is where we'll never... We'll never really know. And this is where people are going to argue about this for, I don't know, the next week. And then maybe the civil war dies down or it's something we talk about forever of. Because there's a difference between being in it and just being used for leverage. I think that the Dodgers, like to your point, they were the team he always wanted to go to. I don't think he took the meeting in Dunedin going down to visit the complex strictly to boost the Dodgers' leverage. I think he is a guy who does his due diligence, and if this was a actual plausibility, he was going to get on that bird. But he's also not an idiot, and he knows getting on that bird, and if that gets out, and all of a sudden, what does that do to the Dodgers? Are the Jays serious players? Why would he be going to visit there? You throw in this stuff about secrecy, and it again, it's just the conversations we had about, is this stress testing an organization? I don't know that it was that. Now that we look back on it in hindsight, I just don't see how you can look at this and say, unless the Blue Jays were going to overpay by an exorbitant amount, not a little bit, an exorbitant amount, I don't see how he was going to end up here because... It just, it does feel like the Dodgers, the Dodgers almost had to lose him as opposed to sign him is yeah. how it feels from the outside. Yeah, money was important, it turned out, as it you is in, in every free agent negotiation, as much as the player talks about things other than money mm-hmm. and, you know, the the spring training facility and uh, the marketing capabilities when you control an entire nation's sporting consciousness, yep. yada, 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 yada. 700 million over 10 years is 700 million over 10 years. Um it was about extracting the last possible scent out of the Los Angeles Dodgers. There's a lot of tinfoil hat people out there. Mm, I've uh, seen, I've seen I, them. And I'm not totally discounting the possibility. There's a couple of different things. There's one that, like, yeah, okay, you mentioned the, the Monday report from Ken Rosenthal that, in fact, 
Shohei Otani was in Dunedin when Ross Atkins was doing his winter meetings, media availability mm-hmm. over Zoom instead of in person, that maybe that was cooked up by CAA initially, or not that it was cooked up, it was real that he yeah. was in Dunedin, but that they had uh, allowed that information to reach the masses, again, to create an air of nervousness mm-hmm. in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. And if you want to get further down the line of nefarious deeds, and is it nefarious too? And I'll ask Ben Nichols and Smith yeah, after yeah. 8 o'clock about like, what is fair game in, in instances like this. <laughs> that the Shark Tank Lay guy out. has the same representation as Shohei Otani as he takes that flight from California to his home in Toronto. I mean, that the Twitter account that initially reported this... It's now gone. This flight from John Wayne International Airport to Pearson, that that's now been uh, dissolved. Yeah. I mean, is there a likelihood that this whole thing was created by CAA? I The, the flight thing is the one I have the hardest time stretching to because, you know, I... Robert, uh, sorry, I don't want to butcher his last name. Herchevec, I believe, the sure. Shark Tank guy. That's what I said. Okay. I said the Shark Tank guy, okay. so I didn't have to do that. Okay, well, I call uh, I call Coach Darko, Coach Darko. So uh, Shark Tank Rob, he, you know, like, he's Canadian. What would they have to give him for him to be involved in this ploy? Like, do they, is it a case of they just manage the schedule and they know he was hopping on a plane at that point in time and, hey, we can maybe use some of this? I don't think he is tied up in this and that they called him and they were like, hey, Rob, hope you're doing well. I was thinking, do you want to hop on a plane for no other reason than to uh, try to bilk some money out of, out of the Blue Jays and screw over your national baseball team? Would you like to do that? I don't think he was involved in that, but... I don't know, like crazier things have happened than somebody connecting the dots of, hmm, this guy's going to be on a flight. They are his speaking agency. They, you know, if he was coming here to do a talk, they would know that. If he was coming here for personal reasons, probably they wouldn't. But some, you know, when you're at that level, he's not booking his own private jet travel. Like there's people who do these things. It's an information network. So I'm not going to completely discount that they looked at it and went, hmm, maybe that could be at our advantage or that could be advantageous to us but I don't look at it and say ah this is all some cooked up scheme and this was all part of the plan all along I think maybe a little advantageous but I don't know that it's full full conspiracy theory but I do love everyone out there doing that no I I think it was a happy accident yep. for uh, CAA and Shoei Otani and they took advantage of it um but not something that uh, was schemed up weeks in advance, at least the, the 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 flight part of it, right? Like again, going back to the Monday report that that Shohei Otani was in Dunedin, eh, that one may have been calculated by CAA. So then we move forward, okay? Now we're here, and it's Monday. On to Cody Bellinger. No, no, it's it's Monday. It's December eleventh, and I guess there's a baseball off season to think about. But how do we go forward with our lives? Because yeah, okay, now it's a baseball story. Now it's like, hey, the Blue Jays yeah. still need to win games. and there is... What's your Manoa trade? Yeah, okay, and there are, <laughs> quite conceivably, there are moves that would put the Blue Jays in a better spot to win baseball games in April that can happen over the next couple of weeks, a month, than Shohei Otani would have. But it's an entirely different story, and the air is so let out of the balloon, and the, the punch to the gut is so significant, not just amongst the fan base, but the front office has got to be feeling absolutely 
destroyed by what's happened here because of the possibility that existed, because of the, the place everybody had their minds in. But yep. this, I was having conversations with people about how baseball in this country and the Blue Jays in this country had surpassed hockey. If Shohei Otani is a Blue Jay, that it's, yeah, like we talk about the Leafs, like they're still on our radar, but like every waking moment until February and he reports to Dunedin is a is a conversation about what's happened to the city of Toronto that is now represented by one of the most unique athletes in pro sports history to, okay, now we're talking about Cody Bellinger, who's a baseball player and he's yep. won an MVP award and it might be good, but like it is... The conversation is so different. It's 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 impossible to 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 think about sports in the immediacy now. Like it, not sports, but to think about this baseball team just mm -hmm. in terms of baseball yeah. going forward. And I, I know time heals all wounds, but right now, as closely removed from the events of Friday and Saturday as as we are, it's just it's so hard to imagine a scenario in which your excitement level is. Ugh, like anything short of like tepid going into game one of this upcoming regular season for the Blue Jays. Yeah, like let's go pie in the sky. Let's say they do like Cody Bellinger comes here and they'd swing a nice Alec Manoa trade for a controllable piece that is in his prime and can help you. Okay, like then you're still, we're st I think the problem with this is that Shohei represented such a chance for a, not a reset, because this team doesn't necessarily re need one, but an emotional reset. Like For the city of Toronto. Exactly. There's, there's okay, John Tavares signed with the Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. We get it. It was that, wonderful. That's, that's cool. That was awesome. That was cool. It was John Tavares hockey, and yeah, he came home. And I don't like you poo-pooing then. We can, we no, can talk about it was, it was good, but like, this is, and, and the Blue Jays have signed George Springer and Kevin Gossman, and before them, Hunjin Ryu. This was the biggest free agent fish in North American pro sports history. If you accomplish that signing, there's there's never a, a doubt about any other rumor or any other available free agent in any sport. Mm. And and that's all gone. And we're we're back to to square one. I'll put a pin on the in any sport because I think the fact that that sport doesn't have a I know there's luxury tax thresholds and all that 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 kind of changes the the playing field there but yeah you're right like it would have been a cataclysmic sea change to the sports landscape not just in the city but in the country like Otani would be the Pied Piper for lack of a better term like you we think of it and Joe Carter is somebody who birthed how many new baseball fans and we talk about it all the time like a generation of Tiger Woods we're both golf guys it's like that is that's where that came from and there would be a Otani boom but it's not happening and you gotta move on and it is just such such a gut punch the thing I've been wondering about and it's the kind of thing I posited when the trade happened last week let's say the Soto trade hadn't happened yet how would people feel about that as the immediate rally reaction? Because you would have to land him. Like, if Soto was still out there, if the Yankees hadn't made their move, is there any way you could just sit there and let New York go get him? No, right? Yeah, I mean, it's why the Yankees pressed the button. It's why they punched as, when they did. As early as they did to uh, cut off the possibility that this would be a pivot for the Toronto Blue Jays. Instead, yeah, now you are looking at Juan Soto in the division, big free agent pitching prospect out of Japan, Yamamoto, uh, being 25 years old and signing up for the next decade plus, maybe in New York as well. Like, yeah, it's 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 not great times here, to be quite frank about it. Um, 
yeah. what is this? The other thing too, and like I know we're trying to keep it on Otani, but it's like how much immediately, and maybe this is completely unfair, but maybe it is. I don't know. Does this just immediately ratchet up the pressure on Bo and Vlad this year? Like they were going to have a security blanket of sorts if there was a sexy new toy, be it obviously Otani or even Soto. That would have provided them a little protection, I think, just in the fact of the fans have somebody else to think about. Like with Manoa effectively being gone until he proves himself to be back, those are still the two biggest lightning bolts on the on the team. So that's the other thing about this is like, what does the follow to that do to those two guys this year? Well, yeah, it puts them uh, more squarely in the crosshairs. I mean, they were always going to yep. be a big part of whatever the Blue Jays do in, in 2024. And, yeah, uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith, I think, rightly points out in his piece on sportsnet.ca that, hey, oh, you have $600 million to work with? Huh, interesting. We're due extensions in a couple of years. I wonder if you yeah. can throw some of that. It'd be very interesting. In, in our direction. We'll talk to, to Ben after 8 o'clock. Um, okay, there's still a lot more meat on the bone here when it comes to Shohei Otani, but I want to wrap up this portion of the conversation with John Morosi, okay? Yep. Um, because this is obvious, this is like, this is, a, he's a big part of this show. For sure. Has been. He's a big part of this radio station. Has been. He's been a big part of the, uh, the television side as well, For Sportsnet. Sure. Like, he's a known entity and a great guy and I love having him on the station. Yep. Uh, he also has broken more than a few things. Like, he is an insider, a yes. true insider. Like, he has inside information. He got one extremely wrong. Yeah. And it hurt a lot of people. Um, it was, again, the sole reason I had my percentage chance ometer at more than 90%, okay? And it's not J.P. Hornstra. It's, it's not any other report. It's not some opera singer. It's John Morosi's report that Shohei Otani is en route to Toronto. That alone makes it feel done. Because if that's correct, yep. it's over. It was incorrect. And he was the only one with that report. What do we do with that? So I, I can tell you he's not on the station today. And I haven't heard from our superiors today. I'm sure there will be a conversation about what the plan is with him moving forward, I, I can just say personally, it's tough for me to imagine anytime soon having John Morosi on this radio station. That sucks. Like, I love John Morosi, but this was such a massive whiff. And th those are the stakes when you are putting out reports yep. of that ilk and you have that type of a reputation and people trust in you. That's Those are the stakes when you whiff as as cleanly as John Morosi whiffed over the weekend. Yeah, that's that's how it works, right? And you know, we're going to we're going to name him, you know, somebody got bit last year, right? Like Arson Judge going to the Giants. We all No, we can it. talk about we John Heyman cuz I got no, no, I got a lot to say no, about no, John Heyman today too. I know you do. I didn't want to sorry, I didn't mean to chum the water so aggressively before we were getting to that. I did I did realize that was a say landmine. John Heyman for after yeah. 7 o'clock, I, I think. My point the point I say to all this is I think that some people and this is again like conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat, also a bit how the industry works of, are we starting to see this be part of the game where an agent says, okay, like we're at the finish line, but what if there was more? Because again, Heyman got arson judge to the giants last year. He was so excited to get it out. There was a typo in the tweet, which again, mm -hmm. like it's happened before, get the news out if it's right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the thing that people are going to really start, or I don't know, maybe I'm so inside of, 
baseball inside of media that I look at it a different way. But I think I do wonder how people are going to start to do that. And please don't think that as me making an excuse for Morosi. He's a big boy. He could defend himself. He doesn't need me to do it for him. But the fact that this is the second offseason in a row where the marquee guy Mm -hmm. has had a leak or a report or however you want to phrase it, go to. And again, these aren't JP out of out of LA, you know, the Dodgers guy. These are national, notable guys. I wonder if the rules of engagement are changing here. And again, that's not to take anything off of Morosi because he'd tell you it's his job to get it right the exact same way. I just, that that is where my, it wasn't immediately where my head went. My head meant to where everybody else's went. Mad that it was wrong. But in, but tying the two together, seeing how things played out last year with Judge, I, I do wonder if there's, I don't know, maybe new rules to all this. Uh, I I guess I would have to ask a Giants fan how they feel about John Heyman. Again, I'll tell you yeah. how I feel about John Heyman <laughs> for other reasons after 7 o'clock. But I, I I would ask you, listener, as well, like what are your feelings about, again, one, one of the, the radio television staples in this country, John Morosi, uh, after his tweet on Friday, making it feel as real as it did. I just, I feel, I feel sad for him. Because that's bummer, man. I can, yeah. And he's not making that up. He obviously has some information that he believes in and and believes to be true. Um, he's the only guy with the report, though. And he is, boy, if things go, if, if Shohei Otani signs on Saturday, it, it it's we can laugh about it, right? Yep. And we're not having the same conversation we're having. Totally. The conversation we're having today is because John Morosi tweets that he's en route on Friday. Mm-hmm. As the culmination of a day of excitement, it put its stamp on that being real. All our fun little conversations and know-nothing fans tracking flights that we all understand is like kind of silly, but it's fun anyways, right? We're having a good time. It's fun. Yeah. It's a toy store. John Morosi has that tweet and it's like, oh my God. No, no, that's not fun. We did it. We, he put him on that plane in that moment. And it's going to be hard for me to get off of that. Um, hit us up on the text line, 590-590. Let us know how you feel about that. Also, use the text line for this. Def Leppard and Journey coming to Rogers Center on August 2nd next year. We're giving away tickets on today's show to enter for a chance to win. Text in today's code word, open arms to 590-590. Again, that's open arms to 590-590. Today, the last day for this giveaway, but if you don't win with us, tickets officially on sale starting Friday, December 15th, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.ca. So that'll make sorting through the text very interesting. But yeah, open arms, 590, 590. Uh, also, you can tweet at me at Sportsnet Ben. What's your Twitter account? Gunning590. Gunning590. Uh, hit us up. With your thoughts about... I forgot it for half a second when you <laughs> asked me. I'm like, what is it? I don't know. <laughs> hit us up. However... Uh, you want. Let's let's get through this together, folks. <sighs> Again, I, I have a lot more uh-huh. on Shoei Otani. And, oh, I know. And you, John Heyman, <laughs> after 7 o'clock. But when we come back, Maple Leafs with uh, one of their more methodical, uh, effective victories of the season. We love a boring shutout. Well done. Ilya Samsonov protected nicely uh, and returns to the crease with an 18-save shutout. We'll talk about that. Next, as the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Sportsnet 5.9 The Fan, Ben, it's Brian Gunning. So, not often do the Maple Leafs also win, but it like looks like they deserve to win. Mm-hmm. And they win in regulation? Yeah. Leafs now fifth in the National Hockey League in points percentage after their 4 nothing victory over the Nashville Predators on Saturday. Um, they're right there, back in the mix in the Atlantic Division. You know, they got a couple of games in hand on the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Question, are the Leafs actually good? Okay, let's not get too carried away here. But a wise, a wise, wise man who's speaking right now to you, me, Brent Gutting, tried to tell you. I was looking at the points percentage all last week saying, don't worry, don't worry. Now, I reserve the right to panic. They still got three more games this week, including a back-to-back, or sorry, four games this week, including a back-to-back that starts up tonight. But yeah, that's that's kind of the win you've been waiting for. You know, as much as they're, you go years past, like they've beat up on the Avalanche 8-1 at home. They've had these big wins against strong teams, but that's what you've been waiting for. Just the clinical, it's not a it's not a track meet. It's not one of those laughers where everything's going in, but it is just a clinical hockey game played by your team. I mean, you look at it, they lean on the big boys. Matthews played nearly 22 minutes in that one, which is a little surprising in a 4 nothing win, mm. but Morgan Riley up at 26, but Sammy with the shutout when he comes back, so much good to take out of it. And again, like it was just, it was a quiet, easy win, and the Leafs have had so few of those this year. No, they they haven't had quiet, easy wins. Like they, they, they haven't been giving up five goals a game, but yeah, even in the games in which they allow three and two goals against in a hockey game, like, yeah, you, you've you needed strong goaltending performances to make that happen. You have not controlled the run of play in most of these games. There's proof of concept, though, on Saturday, mm-hmm. right? Like, my, that game yep. very much reminded me of many games played over that month span a season ago without Morgan Riley. We were like, how is this team going to get it done without its number one defenseman? And they just locked it down. Like, yeah. there is, there is, we now know, and I guess we could have assumed, but that it is possible for this team by playing a complete team defense mm-hmm. uh 60 minutes that they can they can make it work with this blue line for a bit during the regular season obviously that being said we, we know they're going to add at the deadline and also Timothy Lilligren's working his way back and Mark Giordano after the finger recovers yada 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 mm-hmm. but there is proof of concept here that they can you know forwards and D together play a defensively responsible enough game that they can they can look pretty clinical like they did on Saturday. Yeah, Preds in the bottom half of the league in offense, so you don't yeah. want to you don't want to make too too much of it there, but this is like you said, this is the recipe. And the worst part is is that I, maybe the rest of you, I don't know, like we all have Shohei heartbreak, so this seems so quaint in in hindsight, but you know, I have the David Ayers game burned into my brain. And I remember how the Hurricanes played, knowing they could not allow a shot because it was a Zamboni driver who was in net. And I don't think the Leafs should treat Samsonov like he's a Zamboni driver because he's not. He's a first-round pick. He's mm-hmm. played well. I don't know if you guys remember this. He actually won them a playoff series for the first time in, oh, I don't know, a million years. Right. So, but the when you're able to just give him solid defense, make things easy on him. And especially a guy coming off of, you know, who knows what buggy had, who knows what version of, cause you could tell me that Samsonov maybe uh, would have liked another couple of days to get himself ready. And I could have believed it given the injury that happened to Joe wall there. And the most important part of it is Samsonov, you know, a, a lot of goalies can be like this, but the confidence it comes and goes in waves and him coming in and not just playing well, not just playing. Okay. But 
being able to point to the scoreboard and say, shutout, I think that bodes really, really well for him. I mean, it would bode well for a lot of guys, but I think he's someone who rides the ebbs and flows so much more. So him coming in, and now Joe, and again, this is what I talked about with Wall being on the shelf. I don't like that, although we did get kind of okay news on that. No, we got good news. Okay, there was some uh, disagreement on the internets about how good the news was that it's a high ankle sprain for Joe Wall. That is good news, okay? It's 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 not like you think of an ankle sprain. You're like, oh, a couple weeks high yeah, ankle no, sprain. It's like bad. it's it's really bad. That's what Lilligren has. It's kept him yeah, out forever. But it's it means he's going to return, yes. right? Like when when you see a guy non-contact injury totally. go down in a heap, not even be able to hold on to the puck, yeah. couldn't walk off the ice under his uh, uh, under his own power. Like yeah. you're thinking, oh, that's knee, that's ACL, mm-hmm. like that's that's yeah, surgery. Right. That's that's the end of the line for Joe Wall. What a run! No, that's that's good news. And to that to that point. Mm-hmm. I think Saturday was the most important game of the season for Ilya Samsonov. For now, sure. he didn't have to do much, right? You don't oftentimes 18. see an 18 save uh, shutout. Again, the team defense in front of him, spectacular. Ryan O'Reilly had five of those, by the way. Five of the 18 shots. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Ryan O'Reilly. And we can talk about him in just a second. But yeah, no, that was a huge, huge game for the confidence of a guy who seems like he 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 needs... Confidence every once in a while and and very much is, you know, I, I, I don't mean this to be disparaging because, mm-hmm. again, I would, I would probably be this way if I was in the National Hockey League. A guy that is very emotional, right? Yep. Like needs needs to, to feel good about himself, to continue to feel good about himself. He's the unquestioned number one right now. Totally. And if things had gone off the rails on Saturday, one, you're feeling terrified oh, about God. the next month and a half as a Leaf fan. Uh, and two, you're wondering if Ilya Samsonov can get anywhere close to where he was a season ago. Now you're okay. It's back on. Like th- that. This is why you have two capable goaltenders on your roster. Yeah, this is it. And again, back to backs. Uh, you're you know you're gonna see how much they can get out of him here. You're gonna see some Martin Jones this week. But yeah, that was as important. Like you you love seeing Matthews score twice. You love seeing David Camp get his goal. Quite frankly, because a guy like that, you know, him getting a cookie every once in a while probably keeps him keeps him motivated. But there was nothing more important coming out of last night's game than whatever version you were gonna get of Samsonov. And you know, it's hey, it's entirely possible. He stubs his toe tonight, and we're having a very different conversation. Don't mm. take this as, as he's shooting to the moon here, and all of a sudden the Leafs are on some ascent. The other thing that I, the other thing with with the uh, the game from from uh, Saturday that you have to mention is Matthews again. Like we've mentioned the two goals, but this is the thing with him. This is why the conversations don't. You know, we've had some of the conversations earlier in the year when him and Marner were both struggling. Why does it seem like Mitch wears it a little more? It seems like the criticism comes a little more. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but because these games are there kind of once a month where he just rips off a couple of goals. He's had it a couple of times now, obviously the back-to-back dueling hat tricks. And then I just think that's the blueprint for this Leafs team. Shut it down, lock it down, have one of the big guys. They don't all need to have a great night. Just have one of them have a good night Little depth scoring, and mm. look at that. Some saves, some depth scoring, one big guy with a good night, and you're laughing. Uh, awesome, Matthews. Now back on pace for over 60 goals this season. There we go. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly with five shots on goal was booed. Good. Should he have been booed? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why this why is would, a, like, a, 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 yeah, like, like he's going to sit. Uh, the argument from him, <laughs> if you are a non-booer, the argument, I guess, is he just got more money in Nashville. Why mm. should we boo him? But I believe... 
all the stories that came out that said he didn't want to be in Toronto. Now it's like he, he hasn't exactly discredited those stories either. No, he would. I think the pushback comes from couldn't handle the market. He's like, I can handle it. I just don't like it. And it's like, okay, that's what's, worse. Yeah. What's the difference here? I don't really know. Zero problem with him getting booed. Would have been a perfect fit. Guess what? Sports hate. It's it's one of the most beautiful things we got, Ben. Oh, like hate, 100%. hate, hate. As uh, you know, open a newspaper could take us to some bad places. Uh-huh. Sports hate. No, it's a great way it's a to wonderful to focus the the energies that we all have. It's like, also good to warm up the pipes for for late April when mm-hmm. there will be a lot of booing. <laughs> just yeah. uh, just a couple blocks up the road there. Yeah. No, I I was perfectly fine, and in fact, uh, it was you were booing on your coach. You're like, I was Boo! encouraged to see. Ryan O'Reilly, uh, booed. Speaking of booing, yeah, Leafs in Long Island tonight. Oh, God. John Tavares sitting on 998 <sighs> points. It's also the dad's trip. Um, obviously, you can't think too much about opponents, I guess, when you're working out the, the dad's they trip. They picked and, a two-day trip to New York. Yeah, and they're, they're at MSG tomorrow night. But this is... I guess tough. How do you feel if you're John Tavares' dad going on this trip, understanding that this yeah. could be a historic moment yeah. for your son, a thousand points, but also understanding that he's going to be burned in effigy before the game? Yeah, I think I think they've been down this road before. <laughs> I imagine uh, for Papa Tavares, it was probably pretty tough to see uh, first time around. But guess what? Like, you're, uh, you're John Tavares' uh, dad. You've probably read and heard some things in rinks you don't like your whole life or whatever. Like, it's part and parcel of it. I think that also it's like, Guess what? You're there with all the dads, and it's going to feel awesome when he gets two points tonight and gets to rub it in all those Islanders fans' faces, although he won't do it because he'll be classy about it and go, thank, mm. thank you, New York. It was an honor to get 600 and whatever. He'll he'll have the exact number that he had yes. with the Islanders committed to memory, and he'll give it in the post-game answer. I Yeah, I mean, it is funny that it ends up being the Islanders' trip, but it's pretty much, I mean, go look at what all the dads' trips are, right? It's like almost always... I mean, not Vegas, because I don't think the guys want to give that one up uh, no. with, their, with their dads. That's Imagine. Tougher, well, the only oh, thing, you go to Vegas the one time worse, a year, and then you're you're saddled with your dad. Well, the only thing worse than the dad's trip to Vegas would be the mom's trip to Vegas. I don't think you, <laughs> I don't think you right. want that. That would be that'd be rough. But it's like this is what they do. It's a Florida. It's a New York. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get a little West Coast or something. But yeah, this is what you do. You just pick a locale. A couple of days in New York with the dads. Uh, I feel like the Leafs actually usually do New York. I remember on a previous dad's trip. I want to say it was the winter classic, like road to it season or something like that. Mm. I seem to remember Matthews and his dad kind of walking around New York and talking into a camera. So yeah. Awesome. I love it. I love the dad's trips. I honestly can never get enough of it. I don't know how much this like made its way in everyone else's world. Jim Montgomery Bruins coach. He gave an awesome pregame speech before their dad's trip, just talking about his own dad and how much he wish he could be there and all that. It's, it's awesome. I mean, uh, on an emotional day where we're all recovering from stuff. It's like father and sons in sports will, mm. will never, it'll never not get me, Ben. That's why the U.S. Opens my, <laughs> my favorite golf major. Like, oh, I, yeah. I just love it so. Yeah, you love the PNC Championship. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Is that coming me. up? Yeah, it's soon. Is it this weekend? Might be. I don't, I should have the date, but like, we're yeah. right, we're perilously close to seeing uh, Tiger swing a club again with Charlie. Mm. Plus, uh, Sheldon Keefe's dad's on this trip. Also, Brad Living's dad is on this trip. Jim Treliving, okay, so as there's another connection to Shark Tank. I was going to say, is he, are the boys just barbecuing him mm. about Shark Tank Rob? Yeah. It's got to be a weird, like, you know, it's like these dad's trips, you know, every, every family, like, all walks of life. You know, we know how hockey is in the world now. It's like, you know, a little more affluent, typically make it to the, to the NHL, but it's like, 
you know, we had last year Bobby McMahon's dad talking about washing his underwear in the sink because he just found out he was going there. And then mm-hmm. it's like you have Jim Treliving, who's on Shark Tank or Dragon's <laughs> Den or whatever one he's on. Mm-hmm. And it's like the disparities there. It's just uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, is Groups he bringing his own uh, private, private jet? jet or is he on the charter? <laughs> I'll catch up with you guys. I feel like they did that in billions once. Like, all right, I'll meet you there. They're both on the tarmac giving thumbs up to each other. So the Leafs at 32 points. They're 14, 6, and 4. And yeah, still only on seven regulation wins. But okay, I know this was always the case, but now it feels like more important to say only six regulation losses, Mm. which is only one more than the Boston Bruins. They've also played two fewer games than the Bruins. But, yeah, they're, they're seven points back. So you win those two games in hand, you're three points back. Like the, the The conversation we had at the beginning of the season, is this the Leafs' opportunity to win the Atlantic Division? It's still very much there. It should be the target for this team. Yeah, and much much like last year, they're going to get healthy. Now it's not going to be Morgan Riley and TJ Brody coming back, but Timothy Lilligren and Mark Giordano, not nothing when they get those bodies and... I've been told, uh, you know, by just everyone in the hockey media at large, we're, we're supposed to be getting a Leafs trade. You know, not imminently, but mm-hmm. you know, kicking tires on defensemen anytime. Show up. Who doesn't want to show off mm-hmm. in front of their dad? Go mm-hmm. make a trade. You can sit your dad there. He's on the dad's trip. Just mm-hmm. say, watch this. I'm a, I'm a wheel and deal. Of course, Ty on this yes, trip as well. That's right. Uh, also, the, it never ceases to amaze me that Tom Brady is just best friends with with Ty Domi, because I saw yeah. on the Leafs dad trip, it's like Instagram comments, like Tom Brady, at Max, at Ty Domi, goat. Love it. Um, it's amazing. Among Canadians with the most celebrity oh, connections, scary it's like high. Drake, and no, no, it feels I, like it's Ty Domi. I would, I, you, you, you could make the argument those could be flipped. <laughs> I don't know if I would. But. No, no, I, I'm not saying I would either. But if someone came in here and was like, I have a binder, here's yeah. my case, I'd go, all right, I'll hear it. All right. I'll hear it. All right. Um, when we come back, let's heal. We'll, we'll more do, healing. We'll do more Leafs with Gord Stelic. Uh, we'll also talk about some national baseball writers uh, showing themselves a little bit, uh, specifically John Heyman, in regards to his belief that Shohei Otani landed in the correct spot. Uh, that and more next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.